If you will, open up your Bible to John, the 16th chapter. We're going to pick up something we've been talking about. What Jesus said, how we're supposed to live before he returns. And it's real interesting because when I started this series, not long before, I never knew this was in the Bible. I knew the verses where I'd read them before. Numerous times. Numerous times. Numerous, numerous, numerous times. I had always been taught that if you want to know what Jesus wants us to do when he leaves, you look at Mark 16, Matthew 28, and so on in the first chapter of the book of Acts, and uh, which people call the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And I did not realize, and I've read these verses, quoted them, preached about them in sermons, didn't realize the 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th chapter into the 17th chapter of John was taught like in a, you know, basically a couple day period. And basically Jesus said he knew he was going to die and he was going to go to his father. So he just laid out all these things that you're supposed to do in his absence. And then how the Holy Spirit would take his place in the earth and so on, and how, you know, the rules of engagement, you know, in those basically four or five chapters. And it was amazing to me, so I asked a couple of friends, and they said, well, I hadn't seen that, but we know those verses are there, and we've taught it, but in the context of it wasn't about living this before, he taught all this stuff right when he was leaving. And so that being said, turn to John 16, So this means 13, 14, and 15, we've looked at, right? All the things that were in there. And he makes statements, I'm going to be with God. I'm going to the right hand in that day. And he uses those terms again and again, describing a change that was taking place and how to live. And isn't it interesting, the very first thing he said, if you want to be great and you want to do something, be a servant. First thing he said. And we looked at that in this interesting context of serving in the kingdom and serving God because they had already been arguing about who's going to be at the right hand and they were looking for a place of position. Now he's going to leave, guarantee you, that's going to be like right on the forefront. Who's taking his place? Who's the boss here? Jesus said right before he left, let me explain how this is going to work. You don't try to exalt yourself, you just start serving. How many people practice that in the kingdom and try to pull people down or try to get into their place, trying to fit, you know, and I got to get here and I can't help them get ahead because they might get ahead of me. God looks at all that and that's not the rules of engagement that Jesus laid out. And so it's fascinating if you look at it from the context he was speaking, what he was really talking about and how it plays out today. So John 16, we're going to begin reading uh, here in verse 5, but we're basically going to look just at a couple of things here. John 16, 5. Now we know here he said it again, I'm leaving. And once again, now this happened before in this context. I mean, this was an emotional roller coaster of a message. You know, because more than once, they got full of sorrow. Jesus is preaching away, and they get all depressed. Jesus is preaching, and they're full of sorrow. 
at one point they're so full of sorrow, they're not even asking the right questions. They're just bothered because he's not going to be with us. So right here, he said in verse 5, well, we'll start in verse 4. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, which was just days away, you will remember that I told you of them and these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. He's letting them know, I'm leaving and uh, you're going to stay. I don't know if they knew what they were signing up for when Jesus said, follow me, follow me, come be with me. And they got to watch all these miracles. I wonder if they, you know, just thought, cool, he'll always be here. We'll be right here, number two man, three man. We'll be this inner circle. And he's like, no. Verse five, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks, where are you going? Why are they not asking? He said, I'm leaving. And he said, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. What a message. Well, one thing that I want is just to be full of joy when I'm done hearing a message from the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. But that just wasn't this day's message. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In other words, listen, you're full of sorrow, but I'm going to keep, I got to keep talking. I've got to tell you the truth. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage stop and think about that. It's to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. Here's an interesting thought. If it was to our advantage that he was leaving, would you not agree that he was basically saying, it's better for me to go? It's better for me not to be here. That makes no sense to people. But if Jesus said it, you know, how many people, they just throw out a lie to make people feel better, to, just to appease the situation. You know, you got a kid, they want more food. Instead of teaching them self-control, no, we're having no more. We're out. <laughs> have no more. We don't have no more. No more. And they're like, oh, and then you're chewing on one 10 minutes later, and they're like, uh, 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 uh. No. And that's not what he was doing here, like going, okay, it's to your advantage that I'm leaving. Oh, boy, when they get on the other side, they're going to realize I was just lying through my teeth. No, he was totally telling the truth. So when he said it's to your advantage then if it is to their advantage and our advantage that he left, the question then must be asked, are we taking advantage? In other words, are we experiencing something that would be better than being there when Jesus was there? And if not, then it is available. We're just not taking advantage of the advantage we have. went over well. It's good to think though, right? If it's to their advantage, but when he left, they were not advantaged and meaning an advantage is meaning you got it better off. 
right? Or you got a better position, you know, like if, you know, you see some war thing, you know, or some battle. I remember Star Wars, you know, anybody see Star Wars? For, you know, Luke beat up Anakin, you know. He's all, I got the high ground. I've got the advantage. Don't do it. And he's like, oh, he cuts his arms off, you know. I told you. Well, he had the advantage. That means I got a better place, a better position. And here Jesus is saying, this will be to your advantage that I go away. And here's what the explanation is. For if I do not go away, the helper, who we know from the context and other verses, since he's been talking about this, he said, the helper, who is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. Notice that phrase, if I don't depart, he won't come. The question is, did Jesus depart? Some of you are not sure. Jesus departed a long time ago. He died almost 2,000 years ago. So he departed. So that means that at some point after that, the Holy Spirit came. And he said, if he doesn't depart, he said, I won't be able to send the helper. He said, the helper will not come, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Interesting thought. So that means we're in a position of having an advantage over the people that traveled with Jesus. But are we taking advantage of, and how many of you know that there are things that sometimes we don't even take advantage of in our life that we could? In our Christian faith, in our natural walk of life, there are things we could do to take advantage of, you know? I know when, when I was a youth pastor for all those, all those years, way back then, it wasn't uncommon, you know, at the beginning of the school year up until Christmas, a little before, we would work with youth to help them to get grants. We had different people we knew. And uh, when I first started doing youth ministry, I never knew there was any such thing. Sorry if any of those youth are listening to this message. I didn't help them, not that it was absolutely my responsibility, but there was something they could have gotten advantage, free money to go to school. Nobody likes that idea. I mean, and they could have taken advantage of it, but they didn't. The later ones, because of knowledge, we were able to help numerous ones take advantage of something that helped them out. And so here he's saying, if I depart, he will come. Him being here should be an advantage to us. Right? Verse 12, we're going to skip over some verses um, that we looked at last week. He said, I still have many things to say to you. Well, wait a minute. You're leaving. Uh, it's better for you to go, but you have more you want to say to me and to us as people? In other words, he said, basically, I still want to talk to you guys. There's some stuff I want to get across to you, and, uh, but I'm leaving. Wouldn't you say, wait just a minute. Why don't you stick around for another week? Let us know. Get this stuff over to us. 
we want to know. But that's not all he said there. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, that's an interesting statement. How many things does Jesus want to get across to them and he's held up because of them? Do you know that is still true today in people's lives? Isn't it true with kids, little kids? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, you know, sometimes my kid will ask me something, and it's above where they know, and he'll just say, let's go play, or let's go do this. And just, I'm not going to tell you that. Not now. You're, you're not able to bear it. Even if I said it, you wouldn't get it. And so Jesus knew that they had a good foundation, but there was still stuff that they needed to know. You know, it's true for us. There are some things that when we first come to know the Lord, we're going to get good stuff from the Lord and we're going to think this is awesome. But you know, there's some things we're not ready to get. And as we grow, we'll get more. And not only will he teach us more and direct us more, but there's things right now you're not ready to hear. There's some people who would be uh, afraid. Isn't it interesting? He said, I didn't tell you these things about me leaving at the beginning because I was with you. In other words, you weren't ready for it. There was no need to say it. But now that we're at the end of my life here on the earth and my end of my earthly ministry, he said, now I'm telling you this. Jesus has always done this type of thing. He'll give you hope for your future. He'll deal with you about things. But there's some things he expects you to do first so he can give you more instruction later. You with me? In other words, Peter, he asked him, he said, launch me out from the land in the boat so I can preach to these people. So he did it. After that, he said, now launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. If he would have never got back in the boat and helped Jesus, he would not have been in a position to hear the next thing. As a matter of fact, we can see that type of thing through the Bible. One time the Lord spoke to Paul after his conversion and he said, go here or whatever. And uh, he's having a vision and the Lord said, go here and go do this, and then I'll tell you more. What if Paul would have said, you know, I'm too busy for that. Then you know what? God would have had a divine appointment ready for him right there. And Paul would have thought, uh, whatever, and totally miss it. Do you know that there are times, I believe every week, God has called us together, and he's appointed this as a time when he'll deal with you and speak to you about things. I know there have been times for me where the Lord has dealt with me, you know, because I'm in church every week, but go here to this meeting. And he didn't say, I'm going to speak to you. There's other times I've chosen to go to things because I'm like, oh, I like this speaker or I like this, so I'm just going to go. But there have been times the Lord has dealt with me and I've gone, and when I've gone, he has spoken to me. But he didn't say, if you go, I'm going to speak to you. He didn't say, Peter, if you launch me out a little bit, guess what? There's going to be a big catch later on. No, he would like us just to obey. Without a sense of, oh, 
if I obey, then what's next, Lord? You with me? He would like us just to be obedient. And obedience is really a respect issue. That's all it is. It's an honor, an esteem, a respect thing. But I do know this, it's also sowing, planting, that will cause you to also reap in your life. And, uh, you know, fact be told, I wonder if sometimes people don't understand that sowing and reaping is, uh, how would you say it, non-biased, not prejudice. Um, let me say it like this. Your life is to be sown. In other words, your actions are sowing. But then your heart needs things sown in it. And the soil of your life and the soil of your heart are not prejudice. They're not discriminatory. Let me say it like this. It doesn't matter what you plant in the soil of your yard. It does not discriminate and go, I'm not growing weeds. No, 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 this is your yard. It's different than everybody else's yard. So we're just not growing the weeds by those seeds that are planted here. Everybody else is going to be dealing with this, but not your yard. You know, your heart is that way. Your life is that way. It's not discriminatory. Whatever you put in there, you get it to come out, good or bad. And so we can't go, God, I don't like this. He's like, I didn't sow that. You know what I mean by that? In other words, the heart and your life does not care what is sown. That's a profound truth. It will not discriminate. feel like I'm preaching like Jesus. Now they're sorrowful. No, that's good news. Then it doesn't matter what I've done in the past. I can do something to sow, act right now, give, give of my time, look to the Lord. And you know what? I will be planting seeds that will not be discriminated against, that cannot be refused from getting a harvest. Cannot. You with me? I knew you guys would be excited about that. But here's the thing. Wouldn't it be nicer if I just said, you know, I'm telling you what, the Lord's going to sprinkle stuff all over you today and everything's going to change. And whoo, I'd be lying. Right? I mean, if I just said, yeah, it doesn't matter if you plant, you know, like, what are those goat heads, you know? You know what those are? When you walk barefoot, those things, that little thorny things. You know when you're a kid and you ride your bike and they attack your tires? Then you get off because you got a flat and then they're in your feet. Anybody ever have one of those? It's like, it's way worse than a Lego. I mean, by far. Because they have thorns that stick into your feet and then it's like, it's more like a piece of rock with thorns in it. And if you plant those, guess what? They'll grow. Even if you're good. Even if you're evil, they'll just, they'll just grow. 
how many of us would really want a batch of those in our backyard? No. So seeds are not discriminatory. And uh, he said, here, I have things I want to tell you. And really, how we grow in our life determines uh, what we hear in the future, too. You with me? And if we've sown bad stuff, we don't have to freak out. But don't keep watering it, planting it, thinking things will change. And at first, it's not always maybe fun, but I'll tell you what, there's a reward. Anyway, back to this verse here. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, verse 13 when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. What does that mean, his own authority? It means he doesn't say anything because he wants to, of his own. You know, how many times have employees and employers said, hey, I need you to go tell this. And then somehow, by the time they got from hearing it to over there, it turned into something else. I think they meant this. No, they meant what they said. And or they'll just pass information on that wasn't given by the, the boss. Well, here's the interesting side. He won't speak of his own authority or his own compulsion. He doesn't just randomly say things. It's interesting because we're never taught to pray to the Holy Spirit. We're to continue our relationship with God the Father and Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, he said, however, when the Spirit of truth has come... Now remember, he said, I have many things to speak to you. But right now you can't bear them. But when he comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. In other words, he's not just, you know, we don't need to pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, we can look to where he is in our lives, inside of us, but we pray to God because he is communicating or hearing from God and communicating the things from him. And he said, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Remember Jesus said, I have many things that I still want to speak to you. He won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that will he speak. Notice that phrase, I have many things to say to you. Many things to speak and say to you. He won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that will he speak. Is Jesus here in the room right now? No, he's in heaven technically, at the right hand of God. Can you hear in the spirit realm? Just with these ears? No, not with your physical ears. Not unless God did something. Could you hear into that realm? You know, years ago, there was this story going around, and they said there are people who drilled so far down into the earth. Anybody remember this? You could hear them crying, the people in hell crying. 
No, you could not. You could drill through the earth and then peek all the way through. In the middle of the night and see the sun, you ain't going to hear them because you just by drilling isn't going to make you hear into the spirit realm. Jesus left. He still exists. Remember it said he was caught up out of their sight and was taken away and hidden by a cloud and he was gone. He didn't cease to exist. He's still there and he said, I still have a lot I want to say. We believe that. That's why it's in man to call out to God. Not because we think he won't answer, but because we know he's alive and will work and will answer. But we can't just hear him out there. So he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he basically said, when you get saved, he'll come and be in you. And then listen, he is not going to just speak randomly He's going to speak whatever he hears from me. And Jesus already said, I've got a lot I need to talk to you about. And he said he won't speak on his own accord, his own authority, but whatever he hears, that will he speak. This was, what are we going to do once you're gone, Jesus? What are we going to do? You're leaving. We're bummed. No, this is to your advantage. Us as non-Jewish people that are Gentiles that have given our lives to the Lord, this is huge. Because basically we're all invited into a relationship. The Lord said, I'm leaving and I still got lots to talk about. And you're going to be here. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be gone and you're not going to be able to hear me with your natural ears. But I'll put the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And when you communicate and when you build your relationship with me, he will deal with you based on my leadings, on my direction. That's a fact. And this is to me so crucial because they didn't need this up until this time. They did not need this up until that time because Jesus was right there and they could just go talk to him. So notice, he said, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. The Holy Spirit is now present to take the place of Jesus. He's God, the Holy Spirit. He's not just some spirit. He has been sent to take the place. So we didn't get disadvantaged by Jesus leaving. We've all now been called into an individual relationship with him or with God through Jesus. Spiritual things to a lot of people are just blurred. They don't get it. But I guarantee you, every single person who dies gets it. They recognize there is another realm. It's not just what you see and what you feel. And this is what Jesus was basically saying here. I want you to be connected to the unseen and be able to navigate it properly because, listen, there are demons out there, but 
listen, there are angels, but there is the Holy Spirit, and there's the Word of God, there's me, I'm out there, and this is to your advantage to navigate. We should become conscious of the unseen. I guarantee you this, anything of the world that teaches, for the most part, teaches it wrong. Now, they'll tell you there's an unseen realm, but then there's all kinds of, you know, whatever, you could do what you want to do. And they'll make statements like, you know, everybody when they die, they'll just go to heaven. That's not true. And then whenever anybody dies, they're all, he's in a better place, she's in a better place. That's not Bible. They're not learning really what's on the other side and how the whole thing works. And Jesus said, listen, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to the believer, to you, so you can navigate. Here are some of the things he's going to do for you. Now, let me ask you this. If Jesus was communicating to us, do you think he would just care about natural things only? He would care about those, but he would care about the spiritual Right? We read this before in looking at this context. The first thing the Holy Spirit will do is help us to reach the world. Because the world, for the most part, lives like life will go on forever. And it won't. But life will go on forever on the other side. So turn with me to Proverbs, the 20th chapter. And we're going to look at this verse before we close. Because if it's to our advantage, and the Lord has a lot that he wants to say, is there a way to hear, is there a way to become conscious of his dealings once you've given your life to him? You know, there is a reality to knowing the Lord that the world does not know until they give their life to the Lord. They'll just think they're religious, man. You know, I know when I lived in the world and partied and did everything, and all of a sudden I give my life to the Lord, my whole life changes. They just thought he went from one extreme to another. They thought everything I did was just a physical action of doing these activities, and I just by my willpower quit and started doing these activities. That's not what happened. No. One night late, I called on the name of the Lord, surrendered my life. Everything changed inside of me. Now, my mind was the same, but man, God had done such a work. I didn't even want to tell people. It wasn't just me modifying, you know, like, okay, I used to do this. Now I'm going to quit doing that. It was a change from God. And the Bible says that the world will think you're strange if you change. See, because they don't know all the time what really is going on. They don't always know the reality of who Jesus is. That's why we're responsible to share Jesus to people. It's interesting that he commands us to share, but he has given us a command that he will deal with them. And here's an interesting side, back to what I said a minute ago. The heart of people is non-discriminatory. It will try to produce whatever's planted. If nobody tells people about Jesus, 
because we're not supposed to do that, then what is planted in the heart of a person? Again and again, I've had this happen where I witnessed to somebody and somebody said, you know, somebody was talking to me about this and I've been thinking about it. Because somebody else put a seed in them. And God started working on that seed. And then there were other people I've talked to that I've witnessed to, and they said, you know, I hadn't really heard about this. And then they'll say later on, ever since you told me that, something's been there working. Because the Holy Spirit will take those seeds and He'll work with them. And they'll just grow in people. You with me? But if they've never given the opportunity, then what gets to grow in them? Only what they hear out there. You with me? So turn with me to Proverbs, the 20th chapter, verse 27. I'm going to read this from the New King James first, and then I'm going to read it from the Old King James. It says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. Notice this phrase, the spirit of a man. So man has a spirit. Your body is not your spirit. Your spirit is the part of you that when you die, leaves. And either goes to be with the Lord or ends up in hell. Depending what you've done with your life. Have you given it to the Lord? But notice this, he said, searching all the inner depths of the heart. Literally, if you have in your Bible a little number by inner depths, mine says rooms of the belly. Rooms of the belly. Why is this important? The King James says, searching all the inner parts of the belly. Why is this so important to the Christian to know this? And Jesus used terms like this. He said, out of your belly. Why do we need to know right down here? Where's your belly? Is your belly up here? Is that your belly? Is this? No, those are your hands. Way down in your core. Because how many of us have known something way down in there that was beyond our head? And we knew, I need to do this or not do this. You with me? Because the Spirit of God tries to enlighten you way down inside. Way down in there. And that's important to know because if we want to connect with God and connect with who He is and connect in the spirit realm with Him as a believer, we need to know His Spirit's in my spirit bearing witness. But also He will deal with me way down inside. And He'll deal with me about things to come. How many of you have known, I shouldn't go there. Or I should go there. How many people have been saved from trouble? I mean, not to sound bad, I knew recently about not going a certain place, and I was like, Lord, what's the deal? And this was a little while back. I was like, it seems like something would happen to my car. So I thought, I'm not going. Then later on, about, I think it's been four weeks now, we had somebody in church. I don't want anybody to panic. 
but their car got stolen out of the parking lot. They had left a key fob in the thing because they didn't want it in their pocket. They had an extra one. And somebody walked through and did it, opened it, and took off with their truck. But here's the wild part about it. They said during the third song, the whole time they're like, I should go out in the parking lot. I should go out in the parking lot. I should go out in the parking lot. I think there's something going on out there. I should go out in the parking lot. Now, now that you're thinking about that, don't go, I think I better go out in the parking lot. This isn't in your head. You with me? Because people will hear something like that and they'll be like, I should go in the parking lot right now. And then everybody will be doing church in the lobby. No. No, you can know way down inside. You with me? I know people have walked in the door and come into this church and went, I don't know what it was, but I walked in and I just knew this is it. This is where I belong. It may not make sense to their head, but they knew it down here. And they went, this is it. The Lord enlightens you in there. So he said, that doesn't make sense to me. No, but once you start reading the Bible, it sure will. How many people have had somebody come into their life and went, I had a bad feeling about them, and they ripped me off. I should, I should have known. Well, did you have that bad feeling up in your head? No, way down inside. How many times have we known in our lives? Anybody ever known stuff and went, don't do that? I mean, I've had that happen, sad to say, with family people. Not like my parents or anything, but, <laughs> but with family not in this state, and I've gone, I, I just have to be aware and be alert. You with me? And we should recognize that the Lord has many things to say to us, but if I'm just living totally out of reasoning, and I'm to renew my mind with the Word of God, I could miss a lot of things that He's trying to do in my life and in our lives. How many people have known, I need to be in church, I need to serve I need to do this, and have gone, eh, whatever. They left the spirit realm and now are starting to operate more and more in the natural. You know what will become real to you? Or to them? The natural. And spiritual things will get dim. But he sent the spirit to communicate so that till the day we go or the day he comes, we can be alert conscious of Jesus, aware of who he is, what he's doing on the earth, and he wants us to know more.